This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog Rose and Jamie are two best friends And they love sex and the city And they couldn't help but wonder Do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Charlotte Cosmos, so many dudes. Every single dude, all the dudes And we couldn't help but wonder Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie Lee and I'm Rose Cerno and this is Couldn't Help But Wonder, the show where we talk about sex in the city and how it relates to us. us. (laughs) Oh my goodness. We, wow guys. Okay. So Last week's episode, we, um, you know, we kind of capped off season three, but we are not ready to get into season four just yet. There's so much to talk about, and we have a very special, special, special guest tonight. Um, she's been in so many incredible movies. She's a fabulous actress, a talented writer, director. Give it up for the one and only truly iconic Heather Graham. Oh, my Thank you. That's so nice. On a superficial note, we're doing a Zoom call. Oh, my God. I can't even. I know exactly what you're going to say. She's stunning. Those blue eyes are popping. That blonde hair is popping. Everything you want and more, bitches. She's making Zoom. She's making. She's making me want to Zoom. I'm liking. I'm liking this. This Oh, you guys are sweet. I think you guys look hot too. Let's all be sexy characters together. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Heather, yeah, uh, we we invited you. Well, because you're a, a dear friend, and I am obsessed with you on a lot of levels, but also. <laughs> um, on a broader note, uh, we should let the listeners know, and some of them likely do, that you were in Sex in the Fucking City. You were in it. I know. You know, it's my favorite TV show of all time. I'm I'm obsessed. I think I've seen every episode at least eight times. And that's I think, how I feel. Yeah. And when I got to be on it, and I had a cameo, it was the dream come true of my life. And, um, I, I got to talk to, uh, SJP mm-hmm. and she was lovely. And then at the end of the show, I, I asked her why, you know, aren't, don't your feet kill you after wearing these high heels all the time? Like it's really painful. And then she gave me a gift certificate to go to happy feet to get a one hour long foot massage. So that's how cool she is. Oh, and I've been there and those foot massages are, I mean, they transform it's, you. It's reflexology, you know, yes. all the nerves in your body go down to your foot and then they just, they, it, it just makes you so feel so good. It changes your whole body through your feet. 
It does. Okay. Okay. Let's back it up. Let's back it up. We're going to kick it off how we always kick it off. And we definitely want to get to yours too, Heather. Um, yeah. You, why don't you go first, Rose? Who are you this week? Um, this week, I think I was who I am most weeks, which is a goddamn Miranda, my number one boo. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> and I think it's because, so I live alone, which I like. And, uh, with this whole COVID thing, I've been spending a lot of time by myself and I'm actually good at that. So that's not that traumatic for me. I mean, I do get antsy and bored like we all are, even I'm sure people that are quarantining with people, but like, I think of Miranda as a total loner. And like, I just always think of her in her apartment, like eating meals, standing up and like hanging like, out with her cat. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing a lot of like, you know, just eating on my couch and like watching Tiger King or whatever's on TV. So I do kind of feel like, like a weird little like single gal at my apartment, but I've been, yeah, I've been doing a lot of apartment hangs, which just sounds very Miranda <laughs> to me. You're so right. The quarantine is so Miranda. Isn't it? It is a hundred percent. It's like, you're always, I feel like we're always in Miranda's apartment a lot in the show. Like she's eating over the trash can or she's like yes. ordering, like she's always yeah. it's eating or like grabbing something out of the fridge. She's always in her kitchen. My yeah. favorite episode is when she was eating the brownies and then she threw them in the trash oh can of Miranda. And then she started eating it out of the trash can and she couldn't stop. So she had to pour like the, the dishwashing liquid yes. on it. That feels very me right now because yeah. the only thing that gives me pleasure is eating because you can't do anything else. So I'll have like six meals in a day and go to bed like fucking so bloated. This quarantine is so emotional eaty for me. I know because everyone's like yeah. have like two weeks worth of food or all this food. I have so I have so much food. Yes. So who are you this week, James? Um, to, uh, probably. Well, I would say that I'm a, I'm sort of a Miranda Carey blend. Um, I too have been. I've just been cooking so much, and I have not been dependent on Postmates at all, which for me is pretty big. Um, right before everything sort of went down, I was ordering a lot of Thai food. Um, there was a lot of crispy pork belly basil happening in this household. And I have not done that once since, um, since this whole thing happened. Um, but as I was telling Heather the other night, uh, I started baking quite compulsively. Mm. And uh, I guess the reason I said I was a Carrie Miranda blend is because I feel like Carrie and Big did a lot of cooking. They were, you know what I mean? They were always like making little meals together and like being very like flirty while they were doing it. So I guess that's kind of why I felt like, I don't know, I'm trying to like romanticize my cooking a little bit and be like, I like it. I like being in the kitchen. You're just like crying as you're yeah, it's like, so I like it. I know, but I am like being really experimental and like I was baking so much um, because I think that it just kind of calmed me down to like have steps to be like, okay, then we put in the flour. Okay. It's like, it gave me something to focus on, um, and eat obviously. Uh, so yeah, that's definitely who I was. What did you make? Very, I made, um, well, I told you I had a lot of almond flour in the house. Mm. So I was experimenting with like almond flour loaves and cookies. And I bought this really expensive butter, right when all this started, um, called plus gras. And it comes in this like literal block. It's like not a normal shape butter. It's not sticks. It's just like a chunk. This is not your mother's butter. This is not your mama's butt. So I was, I'm just like cutting off like slabs of it and putting it in the cookies. Ooh. And I convinced myself that it was like how the French make it, you know, to like justify 
the amount of cholesterol. Um, but yeah, it just got really crazy. Anyway, so I'm trying to wean off of the baking because it just, it also is just getting kind of wasteful. I'm like, I don't really need to be making things all the time. So yeah. Anyway, uh, Heather, who are you or who were you this week? Okay, this week, I might have to say that I think I'm also a Miranda Carey blend. I mean, you know, Miranda's like, I picture her kind of being a workaholic. You know, she's at home. She's working so hard. I feel like I just thought, okay, I have this downtime. I want to start, like, writing, right? So I've been writing this stuff, which I guess is also Carrie because Carrie's writing. Um, but actually my boyfriend was out of town and, you know, he just came back during this COVID thing. And I was thinking about that episode with Aiden where Carrie wants space and she doesn't know how to ask for it when he moves in with her. So it's kind of like I was missing my boyfriend, missing him. When he finally got here, I was like, oh my God, I want space. That's hilarious. (laughs) That's so Carrie. So that's so, that is, oh, that is so also just relatable. I feel like learning how to kind of like quarantine with another person is it's its own it's its own thing then my boyfriend was making fun of me for wanting space and then I was getting more mad at him <laughs> where is he there well he's obviously there no, he's not in this room but yeah he's but he's, he's looming okay okay why do you think you wanted space do you think it was the idea of the quarantining together kind of like overwhelmed you well, you know, we don't, we just sort of have been dating for like a year and we haven't moved in together. So I think it's almost like a step towards, you know, getting more committed. And it's just kind of freaky having someone in your space when you're used to having your own space. Yes. I think this whole quarantine thing is really like, like ratcheting up relationships because it it's going from, you know, seeing someone to like only seeing that person's face, like for 24 yeah. hours. Like my friend just moved in with her boyfriend they had no honeymoon period. COVID just immediately happened. And they're like, just intense. It just makes things really intense. Yeah. It's like, yeah, your relationship is on like a fast track at that point. Because I think everyone's kind of anxious, right? Because every day you get up and it's like, I feel like all the news is just like something terrible is about to happen, you know? Yeah. Oh, everyone is like, I mean, I can only speak for myself, but I think I, I act like, oh, everything's fine. I went on a beautiful walk. I went on a beautiful hike. I just wrote this thing. I'm doing fine. And then I'll just like snap at someone. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's weird. I was, I was like making a really stupid joke where I was like, if this were a movie pitch, it would be it's home alone two meets handmaid's tale. Um, or not home alone two home alone meets handmaid's tale. And that really is this weird thing of like, it's cozy at home. It's Christmas time. And then there's just like, you walk outside and you feel like the military is going to be on every corner and everyone's wearing masks and it's not a far cry from those bonnets. I feel like people get mad at you if you feel like relaxed or happy yes. or you're not too worried. People are like, don't you understand what's happening? You know, you could die. Which is just like, it just it takes away all of any relaxation you feel that right. makes it go away. The guilt if you're not like in a state of like panic. Yes. I also think that in a day I'll have a roller coaster. Like I'll take a beautiful hike. I'll do some work. I'll feel awesome. I'll like talk to some friends on the phone and then it's seven o'clock and I'm like, what, like, what am I going to do for the next five hours? Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm proud of you, Heather, for, um, for trying to be productive during this time. I don't think that's easy. And I think it's, uh, it's like really like admirable because I, I, I wish I felt more motivated and structured and well, you are things. very productive and you're just about to go back to a job. So this is true, but man, it's, uh, I just, I feel like as a writer and I don't know if you, you guys feel this way, but I feel like I'm really good at working from home and being in my office so it's weird to me that when I go into my office now 
it, it doesn't, I can't snap into it the way I used to. And I just feel a little broken. I'm like, why, what's going on? And then I'm like, oh, it's cause we're all kind of like, we're all sort of subtly grieving underneath, but also, we're not processing it consciously. You know what I mean? Also, you, before this was happening, you could go out, see friends, do totally. stuff, and then, and then yep. come home and sit down and work. But if you've been in the same space all day, every day for weeks, the idea of just like going and sitting down and starting is like, wow. Oh, I have a really good tip that my friend just told me. Um, if you are, what if you're working from home in any capacity, no matter what your job is, if you can try to find an area of the house where you work, that is not like your living room or um, like your bedroom, if you can keep it out of the relaxation areas as much as possible, mm. it can like lower your anxiety when you're in those spaces. So you, then you have defined places of like, this is where I work and this is where I chill. Mm. I thought that was a nice tip. She was like, yeah, try to like not work in places that feel comfy just because they feel comfy. Cause then you'll start associating them with work. Mm. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple market auditory experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa. That's a lot of flavor. Mm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. On that note, let's get into talking to Heather Graham. So wait, I, okay, let's circle back. Okay, well, wait, well, back to Sex in the City. Um, yes. In my episode is the one where the girl gives the face about Carrie dating Aiden, right? So the girl who gives the face was is a very close friend of mine. Her name's Nadia Dejani. She's amazing. I'm a big fan of her. Yeah, she's awesome, right? She's um, awesome. I'm so glad you, yeah, she's amazing. So she's very good friends with Michael Patrick King and she was oh. responsible for getting Liz DeChillo hired as one of the writers in Sex and the City. And Liz DeChillo is the one who came up with, he's just not that into you. And then they wrote the whole wow. book and the guy from that episode with Berger. Oh, wait. So, okay. So wait, did Michael Patrick King direct your episode? Yes. Mm -hmm. That's very cool. What was he like? He's awesome. I mean- his episodes are the best. I feel like he's always directing my favorite episodes. I think he's he's pretty brilliant. That's awesome. Were the girls nice when you were on set? Was everyone warm? Was it like a warm set or was it kind of like, these are the cool girls, blah, 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 blah. Well, I mean, I only worked on it for one day. I wish I was really on that show. I mean, but I was only there for one day. My friend, Willie Garson, I'm friends with Willie Garson, you know, who plays- Who plays Stanford. Stanford. Yes. I so, but um, it was just Sarah Jessica Parker that day and she was so nice. And then recently, you know, I'm friends with Molly Shannon and Molly's been working on divorce with her. Oh yeah. And one night we all had dinner and it's just, she's kind of one of those people that, you know, you look up to her so much and she's actually as nice as you think she is and you're just Aww. like wow it's so cool that she's as cool as you think she would be did you get to go to her house and see her fabulous house i've only no, seen it in I interviews wish. but i will say one of the coolest things about working on the show was just patricia fields like going into the uh, <gasps> closet all these clothes and you know trying on these different clothes and that uh, was cool oh did you get to go with Patricia? Like, was she your, your costume person? Well, yeah, we tried on clothes together. Oh, um, I mean, I was just heaven. there for one day. So, uh, but yes, she's amazing. I mean, on, like one day in the realm of this podcast is like everything. If you're, if you're affiliated with the show, you're, you're in. Yeah. The, the show is so fun to watch on so many levels because obviously the writing and acting is superb, but like, it's kind of like Miss Maisel where you also want to tune in to see what they're wearing. Oh, yes. yes. 
yeah, the aesthetic is like its own. I mean, you always hear that in like reviews of the show where it's like New York is its own character, but it really is. Like the clothes are oh. its own character, like the I whole look like of the show. It was groundbreaking for that time when there weren't, there wasn't another TV show I could point to at that period of time where it showed single women in like their thirties and forties, just having fun, not being married, not having kids and just enjoying their lives as just like women not needing to be married, you know, and just showing that their lives could be amazing and about their friendships. Like I found that very empowering as a woman growing up just to have them as role models. Absolutely. It's also kind of interesting because it was made 20 years ago and there hasn't been another show like that. We talk about this all the time, but really I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that's why I rewatch it so much. It's because nothing is filling the void. I mean, it makes you feel really good. I feel like so many, like, okay, like I love Breaking Bad, but you don't want to watch every episode of Breaking Bad like 20 times, whereas no. with Sex in the City, you do, you know? It's visually, it's an eye candy. Which character- you feel like now you relate to the most? Like who, like in your soul, which one do you feel like you are? You know what? I always really related to, I mean, I related to Carrie because she's romantic. I mean, I love Samantha because she was like this free spirit who was just like, I want to have fun. And then I love Miranda too. You know, she's like very serious and hardworking. I, I never really related to Charlotte that much. What about you guys? I mean... I think that the conclusion we've sort of come to is that yeah, all four true. of them true. are in all of us. Um, they're kind of like the four yeah. quadrants of your personality. Um, but I would say on a whole, I'm a hundred percent a Miranda. Like, um, I, I, I think that probably a Miranda carry a yeah. little bit just cause I like clothes. <laughs> so I feel like I'm that's Miranda and carry, the, I'm sorry, but, I'm carrying that. I think yeah, I've dated I mean, a lot I, of some unavailable men. Oh yeah. <laughs> All the girls do on the show. If you think about it, I mean, yes. um, yeah, uh, Charlotte married one, you know, it's like, it's really interesting because it's like, we think of big as the character that's unavailable because he's so like you know, doesn't want to get married. But something that's really interesting is you can marry yeah, an unavailable person. Good. You can be with an unavailable person for 50 years. Are you thinking about Trey? Yeah, because I'm thinking there are people that you can live in the same house with that are just not present and not, not giving and not able to give back. And just because you're married to them or they're your boyfriend or you're in a relationship doesn't mean that they're, that they're really there for you, I think. That's true. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, did you know any of the other people who had been on the show, um, like prior to filming it or like, had you like crossed paths with any of the girls or guys? Well, on I did, show? you know, I directed a movie and Jason Lewis was in it. So that was really cool, you know, um, because Jason Lewis, Wait, who's Jason Lewis? He, he was the hot guy that Samantha ends up with, right? Oh, that's Smith Jared. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Babe. Wow. So, um, I was really excited to just get to talk and get to know him. I mean, cause that character, I love that character he was amazing okay this is a superficial yeah. question but is he insanely hot in real life he's insanely hot like all women are just like oh my god you know he's what a, really cute what a and then i did also i worked with um okay wait evan handler i worked with oh, him tell me everything i love him wait, who's evan handler he plays harry oh harry my favorite he's my favorite man on the show He's really, that's cute. I love him. I, know, I loved her love story with Harry because oh, it was I so unusual. It. And then he turned out to be like a great guy for her. Yeah. I love that. It's amazing. Even though he's still like completely rich and like, <laughs> it's so funny. It's like, it's such a departure for Charlotte. He's like a super successful lawyer who like lives on Park Avenue. Yeah. The only departure is that he's Jewish and bald. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that he's like not typically hot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sorry, go ahead, Heather. Wait, yeah, tell us about Evan. Oh, I was in a few episodes of Californication or one season oh. of it and I got to hang out with him and he's really cool. Yeah. I randomly met him at this like creative coalition event and he seems oh, like a really friendly, like just like, I don't know. He just had like a kind of a big warm energy. Yeah. I think he's just, he's like a New York theater actor. He feels that know? way. He feels like a, like a, like you feel like you're hanging out with like a Broadway person. Totally. Yeah. Of all the guys on the show, like from the serious boyfriends to the little in and out characters, this is a question for both of you ladies. What guy on all the episodes of Sex and the City are you most attracted to or if they were a real person would actually want to date? Let's do Fuck, Mary Kill with the, all guys, the guys, all the guys in the show. Okay, great. Um, I'll start with Kill. <laughs> I want to kill... <laughs> I want to kill that horrible lawyer that was very angry and rude to Miranda and would like talk over her and was like racist. Oh yeah. Remember oh, him? Yeah. Yes. He was a small character, Heather. You season might not three. Remember, he but... was in season no, three. I, I do. I remember every episode. Yeah. He was horrible and an asshole. So he's a kill. Yes. Um, I think fuck would be, um, I think fuck would be Bradley Cooper. <laughs> Uh, who was he on the show he was just like a dipshit that carrie went out with like oh that's right that's right i remember just based on purely physical actually no i'm changing it it's the young i'm changing it to the young guy that carrie went out with that was like way too young and like was like oh yeah he was very juicy bisexual it was like a 20 year old bisexual that she was Uh dating it's the alanis morissette episode you remember that oh yeah 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 Uh yeah yeah Oh, maybe yeah. I want to fuck Alanis Morissette. Well, it's, <laughs> it's either one of them and then Mary. Wow, that, I did not expect you to say that. <laughs> I mean, I am going to see her in June if society still exists at the Hollywood Bowl. And then marry um, Steve. I would marry Steve. That's really? I love Steve. I love Steve. I think he's sexy and I think he's a positive guy. And I think he would, I think he's like, he has no anxiety. He has no baggage. He's like, You're a right. I think he would be good for me. I think I, okay. I think I would marry Mm. Ooh, who would you marry okay i'll kill first i'm gonna kill first it's easier to kill right <laughs> yeah um i will i'm gonna kill aiden i <laughs> bell bottoms yeah i just the turquoise and the bell bottoms and the rings and the hair and hair. the part down the middle of the hair it's just <laughs> I just don't care. And like the fake smoldering voice, like, hey, girl. Yeah. And he, oh my God. Remember when he eats the bucket boy. of chicken? What did oh, you say? I also her? work with John Corbett. I forgot to say, I did an independent movie with him too. I was How so- is he? Tell me everything. I mean, he's cool. He's kind of like, yeah. Is he like that? Yeah, he's kind of uh, <laughs> like, he's squinting into the distance at all times. I mean, he was nice, perfectly he's nice. A cool guy. Mm-hmm. I'd kill Aiden. Okay. Bye, Aiden. <laughs> um, I would definitely. Fuck. Who are you fucking? Smith Jared. Oh, hell yeah. Smith Jared. I'd fuck Smith Jared. I mean, I've never hooked up with anyone that, like, sort of Adonis level beautiful. Yeah. Ever in my life, because I always go for, like, like the kooky funny guy and then I'm like it's you know that's just uh, that's what he brings to the table um so yeah I just think it'd be really fun to like just kind of like fuck a model I feel like that's something I never did in my life and I just need that to happen that's on my it's on my bucket list my fuck it list um and then I'm gonna marry wow, who are you okay. gonna marry well the truth is big 
That's the honest answer. That's the honest answer. I could see that happening. I just think that there is big as a renewable resource in that you'll never figure him out. So it's just always going to be very juicy, not necessarily in a good or healthy way, which I want to recognize. Wow, girl. But longevity, that's what I'm saying. Longevity, I feel like he's the one who keeps it spicy. This is a risk that I, I'm willing to take, you know, but I want to say that I would also, if big cheats on me and I want to get out of the marriage, I'm going to go marry Steve once he has the bar and his shit together. I am not marrying <laughs> early season Steve with the fucking dog watching Scooby-Doo. No. Wait, uh, Jamie, we what? could do a thruple situation. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm marry into that. Steve too. What about hey, me? Tell us oh, your we all are going to have to share him. I don't know, ladies. Okay. We have a problem on our hands. Okay. Tell us your fuck, Mary Kill. Okay. Um. Okay. Let's see. Kill. Um. Okay. What about the episode where um they go to the Hamptons and some guy oh. gives um Charlotte crabs? Oh my God, I love that. The young Wait, you want to you want to kill him? I want to kill him. Yeah. Well, I just, he just popped in my head. Or the creepy guy that tries to hit on Carrie while. She's staying at like the wife's house. Like, <gasps> Good one. That That's guy's really the guy with his dick out. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great yeah, answer. He's got to go. Okay. All right. And then, okay. Fuck. All right. Let me have two choices. Well, you know, Smith Jarrett. And also, do you remember the episode where she has like this torrid affair with this jazz musician guy? And yes, he's he was like, really like kind of sexy, arty dude, but he can't really, you know, carry on a conversation. He's just yes. like, and he like loves to go down on her. Yeah, 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 he yeah. would be good. He's just like a jazzy eater outer. He was kind of fun, and then I, I might have to go for the Steve. The Steve. I mean, okay, look in the long term, later seasons. You're right. He's really. He also um, gets buffer later. Steve Stevesons. Well, the later Stevesons. I mean, he, he's so lovable, right? And he's cute. You think he's he actually cute. good looking? He has. He's pretty. When sick. he gets rich, he gets cuter. As we all do, honestly. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it doesn't hurt. That's a one to one right there. But you know, it's like in the show, they really make you want to like big. I just feel like the show is all geared around you wanting big. None of us said you think that. Big. You don't think so? Wow. I think they make him look shiny, like tall and rich, and always wearing a suit. They they make him look like he always has a car and he's going to pick you up and drive you somewhere. You know, that's kind of nice, right? That's and then he hot. like. Goes up in his car and he has like a balloon, and then she gets in the back seat and he's like, "Where can I take you, kid?" Wait, yeah. Heather, are you debating who you're going to marry right now? Well, no, I was choosing Steve along with you guys. We'll have to fight over Steve or have a, a, a what is it? You know, a guys, couple. why don't we just have a plan? You can have him like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Oh yeah, Steve custody. Yeah, that's sweet. That sounds fun. Okay, um, Skylar, fuck Mary, kill the yeah, lady. Skylar, we got to hear it. Uh, I didn't. I didn't do the ladies. I'm going to do the men. I think. Okay, that's so I want to be because you're the best. I think Gen Z, could, they're so woke. I. Yeah. I think. I think. I. I mean, Justin Thoreau remains a very hot <gasps> person. I know you're right. He forget? was really cute on there. I thought about him, but he was so cheesy on that episode. Oh my God, he's in he two episodes. He's in two episodes, and it is one of the funniest. Are you going to fuck him or which one? I think you got to fuck him. You can't okay. marry him because I mean, it's as genius. Uh, no, you're actually, right, Skylar. I'm pre- I'm impressed. I am actually, too. I think you can marry him because his family was so lovely. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Oh, that's right. He had the great family. Like. Look, he's not great, but the family's lovely. Well, the problem with him and is- you marry the family. That's what they say, that you're not Wait, marrying the man, you're marrying sex. the family. Wasn't that it? Wait, why would you fuck him? He, he, oh, he comes immediately, remember? 
This is true. It frees but again, up your the time. family is so great. No, but you're right. He's handsome. He's so you want to marry him. You want to have a sexless marriage with him and then get your stuff on the side, Skylar? Yeah, I think that's my arrangement with... Okay. With you know what you could do, Skylar? You can fuck Jason. You can fuck Justin Thoreau, um, the shortcomings, Justin Thoreau, and then you can get your fill from the Justin Thoreau in the earlier episode yes. who was wearing the hemp necklace. Yeah, yeah. What, no, whose life was so fucking crazy right now. marry the shortcomings. Sorry, that's what I meant. You marry the shortcomings and you fuck uh, the hemp necklace. Because he came on the show, if you remember, Heather, he was on as two different people. You're right. I do remember that. Oh, that They discovered a lot of, there's a lot of like star cameos on that show. Of people. Oh, it's kind of no. crazy. Yeah. Skylar, who are you killing? Um, I think I, I think I would personally kill Big. He's oh. not. <laughs> I'm just, he, he's really like not my type of person. No, I, that I just don't like, think you guys are a match. No, just that like aggro, like he seems like a guy who is like in a frat and cares about it. And I'm he still I'm, wears the ring. Yeah. Like it seems like a very important thing in his life. And that has always right. been such a, he like still empathy. has his paddle on the wall. Yeah. He like still remembers. The <laughs> and he's still, and it's important to him. Like it's like, it's a framed paddle. Yeah, it's a framed paddle. Also, I do. I will say, Skylar, just to flag your safety in this scenario, I feel like he is sort of mafia esque in that he oh. drives around that town car. Like, I feel like you could end up in the trunk quite easily. Um, 100%. I think that if if you attack big, he has a plan to he like seems take a you down. Alcoholic, like he's yes. always having some whiskey or some wine, or you know, he's not totally. driving. He he's never driving. Yeah, Wait, Jamie. LOL. Flag your safety. <laughs> I I do. Appreciate it. <laughs> That's why I got to get the jump on him in this kill scenario. I'm just saying be careful, Skylar, is all I'm saying. (laughs) All I'm trying to say is, this is a really intense thing to say, but I think Big has like Brett Kavanaugh in his college years. Yeah, that's what I mean. Shit, you're right. Wow, I never thought of him that way. I just feel like even guys, I mean, this, I can't even say it, but even hot celebrity, famous athletes, et cetera, still rape women. You know what I mean? I know. It's even strange. men that can get any type of woman, those guys even more in their heads don't know that 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 women are humans type of Okay, thing. can I say something yeah. though? I, I can see the, the point of, of the Kavanaugh-esque backstory. I also could see it going the opposite way with his background that he actually was like a bit of a loser and that's why he like doubled down the other way to be like Mr. Cool Guy later on and why he's actually like quite insecure underneath it all and has to like posture um what do we i think, think he was that? like golden boy since day one that's the vibe I okay get okay 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 that's fair that um, another thing is i already killed one of the guys but then you know who i actually want to kill is matthew mcconaughey in that scene oh no that scene is i love that scene so much oh. i think wait Skylar, who do you want to marry oh good one i th- uh, i think probably steve too it feels like we're all on the same page we're a bunch of steve heads he seems like the most evolved he's loving yeah loving and caring generous like this is why you you fuck justin Thoreau. well i guess actually it's all he's consistent like he always liked her even though she was pretty bitchy to him and in a lot of little bitch 100 percent. yeah anyway but i think that's where i I think that's where i come down marry steve fuck justin Thoreau. kill big Okay. Um, shall we, Jamie, Amanda Lee, shall we yes. discuss? Shall we get discuss season three, the end of it, the vibe? Yes. Yes. This is the wrap up episode for season three. Heather, you rewatched the finale. What are your thoughts? I love the finale so much. It's one of my favorite episodes. I mean, I 
love the last scene when they all dance on the rooftop and Carrie says they have a very lovely life. And I just think Aww. that's the great thing about Sex and the City. It's like no matter what ups and downs they go through, they find a way to appreciate their life and, and be grateful and enjoy it. And they're just having a fabulous time. That is really inspiring and fun to watch. Oh, I love the scene where Carrie shows up at that restaurant to meet Big and she's wearing that fabulous dress that I wish I had. Oh, I love that? that dress. It's like a flowery, beautiful dress. It's like oh, so feminine. when they fall in the fall pond? The yes. Yeah. Oh, I know. I feel like yeah. that scene is always in my brain, like a, such a memorable scene. How did you feel, Heather, about um, Big and Carrie on the bed talking? Like, how did you, what was your take on that? The red wall scene. The red wall scene. Well, they ended up, uh, and they end it and say, well, we're just not going to be together, right? They just kind of, yeah. uh, I mean, yeah. I'm, you know, as a romantic, you're watching that scene going like, dudes, get together, right? Is that how you felt when you watched it? You wanted them to get back together? Yeah, I mean, I guess I always watched that show and kind of wanted to get them to get together. You know, I mean, this again was like when it first came out. So maybe now I would watch it slightly differently, but I think I was caught up in their romance and I really wanted them to be together. I love that, that you felt that way. We have had so much just sort of questioning of Big and the way he behaves and he sort of ices her out. And no, as a mess- more mature person now, I would just say like, get rid of him and move on. You know, yeah, like yeah. at the time that I was watching it, it was like, well, you know, crack cocaine to like a woman is like an unavailable man, you know? Yes. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, no, I, I think that's true. I mean, that's what I was saying about when we're doing fuck, Mary kill. I'm like, I don't want to root for big we're big big haters over here kind of yeah i mean i don't want to root for him but i also get it that's my issue with big is that it's like fuck i do get it yeah well listen there's a reason (sighs) tall handsome rich i mean there's a lot to be taken in mysterious he's so mysterious that is the biggest thing it keeps you guessing it's like yes all the other things he's unavailable he's he, uh, you know, he shuts down, he distances himself. He does all these things, but it's like, yeah, but I mean, like, what about in the movie? He like, this is her at their oh, wedding. Well, that was, terrible. I mean, but there's a part of me that thinks that unavailable men are crack cocaine, not to women, but to women with issues around intimacy. Because I think I know women who have healthy relationships with intimacy and they're not at all enticed by that. So yes. I think not all women like that. I think it's oh yeah, no women who have um, attachment styles where it's very erotic to have somebody not really be there for you. Because people, I think that have like a, like a healthy attachment style are actually like legitimately turned off by that. Yeah, I guess it goes back to your family. If your family was yeah. not healthy, if your dad was not there for you, then you are attra- you know, you tend to be more attracted to those unavailable people. Right. But if you if if they are, like I I have some friends of mine that I admire so much because it's like if a guy's not interested, they like just are like check well, out. They're yeah. done next. They'll go for a less cool whatever, but only date people that are like obsessed with them on board and that is like what I aspire to be. <laughs> I have a question. What episode in season was that one where she sees Big getting out of the plaza with um, you Natasha. Know, Natasha? And then she walks away and there's a horse and she goes, some women can't be tamed. Oh, that's the end of season two. 
I believe. Ooh, Skylar Scholar. Okay, that is my, that I think is my favorite. Scholar Hanrath over here. Where they talk about like the way we were and you know, you you didn't get it. You don't get me and you never did. And I don't know, that was just such as a woman kind of feeling that I'm not like a traditional woman and I don't need to get married and whatever. And just thinking like, I'm this wild woman going to run free and I don't need to get married to feel good about myself, you know? Yeah. I think something you just reminded me of is like, I I think I'm trying to like kind of crack like the big of it all. And I'm like, you know, when you're dealing with these women who are like, you know, these women, they don't need anyone. Like they, I mean, they need each other, but they don't need guys. Not, not that anyone really does, but like, they really are pretty independent. They live in New York. They, you know, they, they support themselves. They, they really seem like so autonomous in so many ways. The reason that I think big might be appealing is because he does kind of give you your independence in a weird way because he gives you space, right? Cause he's he not always space. there. It's, well, not, it's yeah. good and bad because sometimes you are like, no, I need you to be there. Like quit being so fickle and unpredictable. Like just Oh, just like be there for me. Well, different um, people have different needs. And you, you know, you've mentioned a bunch of times in the pod that you're an only child. So maybe the idea yeah. of school sounds really nice because That's you maybe what it is. Yeah. Because like, I think a normal amount of space is definitely important. Like I need downtime to do my little projects. I like to see my friends. I like to exercise. But I also like to have somebody there, but that doesn't make it better or worse. Like I have friends that are very independent within relationships. Sure. So and that works well too. So like, if you are a very independent person that really enjoys a lot of space, probably finding a partner that also is very independent would probably be ideal. Only children are so weird because we're simultaneously needing our space, but incredibly lonely. So it's like this weird thing where it's like, I need someone around, but also get away from me. It's fucking crazy. Anyways, I'm not going to go into that. Sometimes it's kind of what I like. I do like quality time, of course, but sometimes something that I find very relaxing is when people are just in the house milling about and I'm just doing my thing and I just know that people are there. Mm. Yeah. But we don't have to be like doing something together. I just know they're like in the house. Right. No, I get that. Um, what do you think about the tray and, you know, going into season four? Obviously, we've all seen it. We all know. But if, if we didn't see the rest of the show, just seeing the finale of season three, what do you guys think, hope, feel about the tray, Charlotte of it all? Have they already done the episode where he puts her face on all the jugs people in the jugs magazine or is that the next series? No, that is this season. Oh, it is. It hasn't. <laughs> wait, did we see that already? She's asking. Yes, no, this, that's this season. Yeah. We saw all that. The, all the tray three? stuff. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I don't remember that. That was no, hilarious. It's that, it's that amazing, uh, sequence where yeah, uh, Charlotte uses her spare wedding photos to, uh, to, she pays them oh, right. You have a great memory of jugs. sex. It's incredible. Skylar, I'm, I'm really, really awesome. I'm uh, only so, just watching it for the first time, but I'm, it's been serious? so fun to watch through. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I knew it was such an important show, but it's just a show I hadn't seen. And it's such a fun and great way yeah. to get to do it along with Jamie and Rose. So Are you what loving you it, Skylar? I do. Oh, sorry, yeah. Heather. Sorry. I just asked. There's so many questions. Sorry. I, no, I do love it. It's also just one of those things that's like, it feels silly to have like big sort of canonical blind spots and it's like nice to fill those in and like sex in the city i like the sopranos is one of my all-time favorite shows and this was on at the same time it seems so silly that i'd never seen this too while having i've actually never seen the sopranos me neither i love it but it's um 
we will do that's how we'll follow it up we'll do the sopranos next and i'll be going to cover every single hbo show and all of the acquired movies on hbo that you can watch but I think we should go through each character, end of season three, what we think is going on, what we hope for the future. That's a as great if, call. As if we haven't seen the rest. So just based on what we've seen just now, how do we feel mm-hmm. about the Trey Charlotte of it all? Anyone can well, jump it's in. It's exciting that he finally gets his boner back, right? A hundred percent. This is a great point. This is a great point. They did end on a high note. It is also confusing because it's like if that was available the whole time, like what has been the goddamn holdup? I don't remember what happened. It's like guys want what they can't have. It's like Do you think that's what it is? Well, yeah, because she kind of broke up with him and then he suddenly got attracted to her, right? Because she said no and then pushed him away. Was she was he unattracted to her before? Well, I guess he well, he couldn't get it up. And it gets framed as the Samantha frames it as a Madonna horror issue. Like there's so many. Again, we've been bumping against. What's your male perspective on that? Sorry, we've we've just been bumping against it so much all season, though, because it it while you're actually going episode by episode and seeing um, Trey's issues, they don't like totally line up. Yeah, they don't seem totally logical and clear. So. Well, I think he was emasculated by his mother. His mother was super controlling. And so therefore him being married makes him feel like Charlotte is somehow maybe controlling and emasculating him. And so <gasps> yes. Wow. That's a, that's a, that's a really great explanation. <laughs> I think that's true because it's like, it's like he's doing what every, his whole life is just doing what people want. He wears the kind of clothes he's supposed to wear. He marries the kind of girl he's supposed to marry. He probably has some fucking job he hates because his parents told him to. So even if he liked Charlotte, once he like plugs her into his shitty life, she probably just feels like another thing he had to like do. Wow. I'm like, I'm really eating up these analyses. They're really great. They even go to that place with him that's like so surreal where there's that... um sequence in the episode where Charlotte is kind of trying to convince him to ask her to marry him where she observes that Bunny can Bunny his mother can control right. him by like putting Touching her hand on his wrist yeah and like that's the key to getting him to do exactly what uh she wants <laughs> and it's like it's such a weird choice but it also ends up working so it's like again it's almost there's almost this surreal quality to it that's like He's a very strangely written character. He's he's fun to watch, but is he like entirely real throughout it? It's it's tough to I, know. I keep being like, what what did Trey look like on the page? You know what I mean? Like Yeah, Kyle McLaughlin agreed to do that, even though, you know, he's this like handsome, you know, studly guy and he's like, I'll be the the erectile dysfunction guy. You know? Totally. Oh yeah. I think it's what everyone is saying. I think it's, he doesn't have a physical problem like a lot of people with erectile dysfunction. Unless you're very old, a lot of it is mental, just like coming can be mental for a woman or a man. But I think a lot of men who have erectile dysfunction, and I had a boyfriend in my 20s who, not with me, but in previous girlfriends had some erection problems. And I think it was just him being in his head and having anxiety and blah, blah, blah. And I think Trey's thing is not so much a physical problem with his penis and a lot more that he's this guy who is so locked up inside of himself and just doesn't even have a single sense of who he is. And his whole life just feels like it was like pre-written for him. Yeah. It's interesting though, that he does have some interest in like having, it almost feels like silly to say, but like a sexual release because he does like masturbate to porn. Like he is like a sexual guy he just can't 
Yeah, that's kind of creepy how he's like, oh, well, I, I do have a, 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 what does he call it? Like a release or like a, a stress release? Yeah, <laughs> it's like a tension release. Right. He goes, well, yeah, yeah. The, the, this, the therapist asked him, well, do you, are you sexual? And he's like, well, I have tension release, you know? So yeah, so strange. It's also just like, again, like another reason why it's like, what is that marriage even? It's like, why does she even love Trey? There's like, there's, he's, there's no fun to be had. I feel like it's like a Cinderella thing where like in her mind and she wanted to marry this really handsome, rich guy. And he fulfills all the, her, her fantasy. It's really funny because in my twenties, like my taste, I've always just been like, never been interested in like lawyers, doctors, anything normal. I only have ever dated like musicians and writers and only been attracted to guys that like obviously not now, but in my twenties, like had no money and just looked really cool. So my version of a tray or a big was like a really hip, fashionable musician who like was super skinny and modely and had no money and was just like, had a great record collection and was like very distant and aloof. And it's just interesting mm. to see like what people's, cause like I had a tray. He just had nothing in common with tray. Like I had a, and what is your type now? Now it's, well, now it's just more like what I'm interested in. So my type would be like somebody who's outdoorsy and it's not so much that we have to have similar interests, but my type now is just like a really kind, available, loving, nurturing person. That's Steve. Yeah. I just want a really nice, available person and who's fun to be around. Somebody positive and loving and nurturing. Those are, that's what I'm looking for. Could I ask, um, Heather, just since we have you and I, I and we're talking Trey, since you worked with uh, Kyle McLaughlin uh, on Twin Peaks, I'm curious what he was like as an actor and how how uh, working with him was. Oh well, you know, um, I had a huge crush on him in Twin Peaks. Oh, I was a kid, hot. you know. So I think hot. I was 21 or something. But um, I had a huge crush on him. I was in love with him. And then when I went on the, you know, I got to play like his love interest. But at that time, he was dating Laura Flynn Boyle, and I was just like, he's amazing, and he's so nice. And you know, I've ran into him and in, through the years. I mean, I don't know him well. Um, but I, one thing popped into my head when you guys were talking, and that is that I remember when I worked with Michael Patrick King and I knew him through my through Nadia, that he would a- always ask people, well, who do you want Carrie to ha- end up with? And well, who do you want Miranda to end up with? And who do you like? And, and I, I remember, you know, saying, I love Steve. And like, oh, I think she should end up with Big. Like he would poll people, like just the audience members that were watching the show and say, who do you like? And who do you, what do you want? And, and then that's, I think that would go into their choices. Like they would, Whoa. you know, just the audience liked, you that know? That is very cool. That is cool. Yeah. That is a hot, that's a piece of hot goss. I love good, that. I just, I just thought of that when you were talking. Like that's how oh, that's that. so interesting. smart, he's a smart person, smart writer. So what um, do we think about the end of season three for Miranda? How does, how does the end of season three go for our Miranda girl? And what do we hope for her going into season four as if we hadn't seen it? The rest. Well, she has that Chinese food dinner with um, Steve. Steve. So good. You want her to be with Steve. And then it was yeah, that you want her to be with like, Steve. The Chinese restaurant were la- they were laughing at her, but then they really weren't. Yeah, yeah. That also like so much was like a, a, a nice um, character moment for her too, because it her frustration with uh, the person who was helping her came from like total anxiety, like she her feeling like she was too predictable, that she was known, and then 
she goes down to the restaurant to have that confrontation and it's not that at all so it was all on Miranda and all on Cynthia Nixon in that moment to play that and so nicely done I thought that was so deep like how sometimes you think someone's judging you or whatever but then you realize no it was all in your head like you were just judging yourself and like making the whole situation bad when in fact the other person wasn't even thinking about you yeah that's very relatable yeah I feel like a big part of Miranda's character journey that happens at the end of this season is to realize, I think Miranda's very stuck in her idea of like, men suck, all men are like this, men don't want me, I don't look like what a hot girl looks like, I'm over 35, you know, I'm done. And then at the end of season three, it's realizing, wait a minute, plenty of men like me, I reject people, I'm very hard on people, I'm very judgmental, maybe there's some shit that I need to work on. Because it's very easy for her to shit on other people and definitely put, she's she's the character that's the most just like arms folded like men. Yeah. But nice men come in and want to be with her and, you know, so I think this is like an episode and going into season four, especially after that conversation she has with Carrie and the finale where Carrie's like, you're really hard on people. And her grappling with that going forward and whether it's with Steve or somebody else, Miranda realizing that she has to take responsibility for her side of the street of why relationships don't work because it's always easier to just lump people up together and go, Oh, well this men are like this and da 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 instead of being like, what's my part in this, you know? Right. Mm. We did Miranda and Charlotte. So we'll do Carrie and uh, Samantha. Okay. Well, Carrie, I I mean, I think the writing's on the wall with Carrie and Big, um, even though it doesn't end with, like, the two of them, we said this in the last episode, but the two of them being like, oh, we just don't fit, you know, we're like that red wall. It's like, I just, neither of them really are strong in their convictions as people. They're very kind of like, this is how I'm feeling right now. And they're very compulsive. And so I don't, at this point, really trust them, either of them, with each other. Um, so I don't really care what they say. Like I'm it's kind cool of shit. You don't buy it. I just don't buy them. I think that they're so um they'll you know they can they'll they'll do whatever they're feeling pretty much. And they kind of have this scene with the red wall where they're like, yeah, you know, we really it was really really intense what happened between us and you know my marriage falling apart and all this stuff. And they kind of like nod to everything we saw over the season. But really they're sort of the same people. I don't feel like they grew that much. Um, or if they said they did, I just don't buy it. <laughs> That's kind of where I'm at. Um, it's also like really unromantic, I think, to be, a friend of mine was like this, to be like, oh, our relationship didn't work. You bailed on me. You married a model in her 20s. We cheated. She divorced you. And now you're coming back. It feels like sloppy seconds, pathetic. I have no options. Like it's so unromantic. Is it so like, it's so tarnished. It just feels, it feels like dirty. It's not like I choose you because I love you. It's like no. ah, I fucked around here. I burned this bridge. You want? You still want to? You still want? Want to make this work? It just doesn't feel like, like, I'm making this conscious choice. You know. I like how that you know you think it's going to be this big romantic relationship thing between her and Big, but then it just goes back to all the girls hanging out on the roof, and it ends always with their friendship being more important than I their agree. romance. Is, I agree. I agree. I think that's kind of the saving grace is like, it's such an interesting show. Cause like, you know, you hear about like the Bechdel test or whatever. And it's like, they do talk about men truly constantly, but it is, 
it, it, and I also don't, I know the whole thing with the Bechdel test, I'm like, why wouldn't women talk about men? Like it's, it's really confusing. They're such a different species. What are, like, how, how are we not supposed to acknowledge that? Um, but, uh, I think that the girl, yeah, I, I think it's really nice how the show reminds you that friendship is like, friendship is your family. Like it, mm-hmm. it, it really is kind of a nice message that they always seem to land on. Yeah. And then of course the final one, Samantha, we broke down the episode in the, uh, in the show we recorded right before this, Heather. Yeah. And we were sort of like disturbed by the, um, trans yeah. prostitute storyline. Cause it just felt so, um, like homophobic. Like and, yeah, dated. Yeah. And just, just the language, but it, it's interesting. Cause even though it's like so un PC and it was just like kind of very offensive to watch, the nugget of it, it's like there's certain comedians that are so un PC and really offensive that like get a pass, like Lisa Lampanelli or Bill sure. Burr. And in some ways, I guess you could maybe argue that Samantha, like deep down, I'm not saying this is true, but like she ends up parting with these women. And so, like, yeah. maybe the idea is that like Samantha is almost like an equal opportunity. Like, she is. She's like, a Lisa Lampanelli in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, she doesn't actually have she's not judgmental no she doesn't judge them she just doesn't want them to be loud when she's sleeping i think it's just the language that's used is like extremely offensive now today yeah Uh, but i have another little piece of gossip i just thought oh my god please any gossip we need and love okay so i knew this lawyer that was kim cattrall's lawyer (gasps) and earlier on in the season before it became successful she did not have the power to choose her sex partner you know like her the actors that acted opposite her in the sex scenes but as she got more successful in the show she negotiated approval over her sex partner people (gasps) wow that is super interesting isn't it yes wait i have a real gossipy question do you know anything about like the drama of these women and their contracts and apparently It was Kim Cattrall versus SJP. That was that's the, what that I was heard too. Thought. Did you hear? Do we the have only any thing I know is that I, I did. I did read about it in the um, in the trades, and uh, I just read about it just like you. Yeah, yeah, man. I do have day. a friend that worked on the show as well. He was I don't know. He was either like a PA or like a line producer, kind of. I don't know. He he has some gossip about it as well. Well, what do we think, even though the end of season three was very, like, the story was pretty light for Samantha, do we feel that there's been any kind of growth, season season three growth or anything that we're hoping for season four? What are your, like, season three kind of takeaways of of Samantha, if, if I may ask? You know, I have to refresh myself on the whole thing. But the thing I like about Samantha is just she's financially self-supporting. Mm-hmm. She doesn't care what people think about her. She's just on her own thing, having fun. And she's just bucking the conventions of what a woman's supposed to be and how yeah. she's supposed to be judged. And, like, she's just a free spirit. Like, I love Samantha. She's yeah. the most – I think she's the most empowering character on the show. I think she – I think she does. She, I think she does a lot for women. Like the whole term, like that sets women back. I think she sets women forward. Yeah. And I love that she was like, you 
know, whatever she was supposed to be like 40 or whatever, forties. And it was just like, she's hot. It was like, you know, going against the whole idea of like, Oh, well, when you're in your forties, we can't think of you that way. It's like, she's like the no. most sexual person on the show. And she's yeah, the she's, hottest one. Yeah. yeah. She's like, I'm just going to love my body. I'm going to have a fantastic time. I don't need to make any of these relationships work. You know, I mean, it's great when she eventually evolves and starts having more deep relationships, but I just love the idea that it's not that boring, typical story, like every romantic comedy, which I love, but still it's Same. like, I got to get married and then we got to have a baby. And you know, it's like, no, she's just going to like do her own thing. You know, it's just so funny. I was thinking as you were talking, this idea that like women, whether it's nature or nurture or both are like, oh, everything's going to get solved when I get married. When you think about most marriages, you know, you're like, uh, LOL. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, they, I think there's like a lot of data on that, that most women are very disappointed by marriage and most men are like pleasantly surprised. Well, yes. Because kind of we've been like, like brainwashed to be like, once we do this thing, then all of our problems are, and it's a lot like kids. It's like mo for most people, at, it just adds a lot more. Look at fairy tales. We're like brought up to think, oh, Prince Charm is going to come and then my life's going to be great. But, but yeah, there was a scientific study and single unmarried women were the happiest population. And, um, and then it was like married men and like married women were like the least happy. Wow. And, <laughs> I, yeah. Well, it's interesting what you were saying, Heather, about like Samantha, because in, in like more traditional comedies, like comedies from the nineties, like Seinfeld and, you know, friends and stuff like that, the characters don't change. This is Monica. She's the obsessive one. This is, you know, George, he's a selfish one. And they're the same in every episode. Mm. And Samantha's a little bit more like a traditional sitcom I character. I was just going to say something similar. She doesn't really change. No, the series. not until later seasons. Yeah. Later and we seasons. want, I mean, everyone, hopefully, well, not everyone, but maybe there's listeners and we won't say exactly what happened just in case you haven't seen it, but even the way she does change her essential core is the same. I think I agree. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think she's like, she's kind of like, yeah, she's kind of she's steady badass. from the beginning. She has a good self-esteem. She's just like, I'm just going to do what feels good to me and screw everyone else. You know, like she doesn't care what people think of her. I really like that about her. She also from like an even just like higher up view feels like, sort of because she is a little bit more of that uh, traditional archetype character, like probably the character who is the most fun to write. Like she seems to have the the most consistently funny plot lines. And um, I kind of just love that. Uh, it, she, she frequently is like the lightest arc of the show if she is the comic arc of the show. She's got the, like, the best one-liners too, probably. A hundred percent. Oh yeah, totally. Um. Okay, I before we wrap it up with our horny fours, I just wanted to ask you, Heather, since we have you, I have three sort of rapid-fire questions about your life as a fabulous actress, if you're into it. Okay, um, what is your favorite role you've ever played? Oh, good one. Mm, okay, well, if it's rapid-fire, maybe I'll just say roller girl, but I've been really enjoying kind of getting more into behind the scenes stuff recently, but I don't know. I'm just great. Everything's fun. Pretty much everything I do, I find fun stuff with it. Okay. Great. Great answer. Okay. Rap. This is semi rapid fire. Oh, rapid fire. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. What is your, uh, what is your favorite thing about being an actor? It's a pretty wonderful lifestyle. Um, it's great to just pretend to be different people and meet all these interesting people and I don't have to go to an office and you know you don't have to get up early every day you get time off and 
it's fun telling stories and just meeting other creative people and you know, all your weird, crazy shit, you can find this outlet for it in your, so in your work. <laughs> That's, That's awesome so well put. Um, mm-hmm. And then what is the biggest challenge about being an actor? I think that, um, well, my, this acting teacher I went to used to say you have to have the heart of a baby and the skin of a rhinoceros because you Whoa. really just can't really care what people think about you. Like I never Google myself because I'm like, I don't want to know. <laughs> Ooh. Jamie, may I ask Powerful. one more question before we go? Please. Um, Heather, I noticed you have been over this uh, episode chat, this lovely chat. Um, we're expressing a lot of admiration for the way Sex in the City bucked conventions and bucked the idea that women need men to be married and blah, blah, blah. What is your thought about like marriage? And did you ever feel pressured about it or have you always had like a lot of sense of independence or what, what's your hot take on that? Well, I think I'm an unconventional person. I think that my own parents' marriage didn't look that good. So even though I I was a romantic and and probably, you know, thought about getting married, I didn't feel like I have to get married. Um, It seems in the past, like through the patriarchal system that women sometimes didn't fare too well. You know, it's like the idea of being independent, making your own money, not having to stay with someone just, you know, because you have no way of supporting yourself. Like, um, I guess I've never gotten married, even though, you know, I am a romantic. So, but I don't feel the need to get married. I feel like I don't think marriage is that important. I think it's great to be in love, but as I get older, I've gotten more okay with like, okay, well, I would like to settle down with someone, but if I don't, and I just have a bunch of love affairs, like that's okay too. That's amazing. I love that. I think so (laughs) many women need to hear that. Yeah, because I think we judge ourselves harshly because it's, it is a patriarchal world, but in reality, like men don't judge themselves really for not ending up, you know, men can. So I don't think we need to put ourselves under this harsh thing of like, we need to, you know, I mean, look, if you want to get married and have kids, you should definitely do that. But I don't think we should all feel that we have to do that. And did you ever feel pressure or were you just like this independent person that just was kind of impervious to like weird, shitty social pressure? Well, I think it's a mixture of like not meeting the right person, uh, being attracted to unavailable people like we were just talking about. And then just, I don't know, I just think it's the path. I am kind of a free spirit. I mean, who knows? Maybe I still will potentially get married. Um, But like I just told my boyfriend, like we need to date for like five years minimum before I'd even want to think about getting married. And he was not happy about that. You're you're independent. I love that. So it's really very refreshing and encouraging. How do you guys feel about it? Well, it's interesting because my parents divorced when I was two and I didn't really, I grew up with my mom who was single when I was growing up. So I kind of idealized marriage because I didn't really see it. So I didn't see a bad marriage. I just saw nothing, no marriage. So I sort of have this fantasy of having, I feel like I was kind of I kind of missed having like a traditional family growing up. And so I really like the idea of having like a really stable partner Mm -hmm. and home, which is hilarious given the choices I make with men. Um, Uh. The choices choices I make don't support that, but I think I have a fantasy, not of a wedding or anything, but I have a fantasy of like a loving home Mm. with like a partner and I think I want kids, but I'm 36 and single. So TBD. Well, I think you have a lot more time. I mean, my girlfriend had a kid at 46, which I don't know. I think you can kids wait, you know, into your 
early. We'll see. My mom had menopause in her early forties. So it's just depends on your body. It's kind of like the universe will tell me if I'm going to have kids or not, you know? Yeah. That's the way I think about it. Like if the universe, if you're meant to have kids, you do. And if not the, the universe brings you a person to nurture. Yeah. And also I like the idea of having kids. And, and frankly, the reason that I think about it more than anything, it's like, you know, my grandma's in the hospital, all her four kids, my mom, and they yeah. all, oh, I'm nice. like, what happens when you don't? So it's kind of more like thinking about getting old. But when I think about the reality of having kids, like my sister has a baby, it like doesn't sound that appealing. <laughs> like the reality of taking care of a kid. I think I like the idea of it more than like the day in, day out. That makes sense. Yeah. What about you, Jamie? Are you going to, do you want to have one? Well, um, I've always felt very conflicted about marriage, even though I am married. I, my parents have a terrible marriage and we've talked about this a little bit, all of us, um, as friends, but, uh, yeah, I, I think it's weird cause I am married, but I've always sort of been like, this is weird. Like, it's hard to be married when you're when you have, I was about to say when you have a brain, but like, all I mean is like everything we're talking about. It's like, how can you just be in a marriage and not have thoughts of like, oh, well, you know, there's so many ways to thrive when you're, you know, independent. And like, I just know for myself, this sounds bad, but like, I feel like the most productive I've ever been in my life and the most creative I've ever felt was like when I like was out of a relationship and it feels fucked up to be like, Oh, like let's achieve that. But that is something I think about. Like, if I'm being honest, I do think about like, Oh, well, how would my life be different or anything like that? Um, and I think a lot of it does come from the fact that I've never had a really like idyllic, version of marriage presented to me. Um, so I'm just kind of like, I just feel like I'm always figuring it out and I don't fully know how I stand on it. Um, as far as kids go, I feel the same way. I'm like, if it's meant to happen, it'll happen. Um, so on that note, (laughs) (laughs) this is what sex in the city is. We're doing the show. We're doing the show. We're We're women in different stages. We should do our own sex in the city. Who can we Oh my God. It'd be fucking incredible. Skyler, you'll be, he'll be Charlotte. He'll be Charlotte. Charlotte. I mean, obviously. I'll be, I'll be the traditional one. Yeah, you'll be. You actually are. Skyler's been with, Skyler's really young. How old are you, Skyler? 27. And you've been with your girlfriend for how long? Uh, Eight years. Yeah, since we were 19. And they're going to be amazing. I could be Samantha. I don't know. What do you think? Who do you guys want to be? I'll be Miranda, duh. (laughs) You'll be Carrie. You want to be Carrie? You have to be Carrie, Heather. No, you're Carrie, Jamie. I'm Carrie? Carrie? Yeah. Okay. Well, what do, who do you want to be, Jamie? I guess kind of Carrie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Miranda. Those are the, those the best are the, clothes, that's for sure. That's so true. The I'd have to start doing sick. a lot of Pilates if I was going to have to be Carrie. No, she has a few really ugly ones, though. I have to oh, say. God. Her so body's so slamming that she could wear the fucking ugliest thing and she looks hot as hell. No, her body's incredible. Sometimes she has one too many do-rags, um, <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being honest. Well, the one <laughs> is too many for a white person. That pink shirt that had all those th- pieces. For, I don't know. Sometimes it's too, like, oh. I, I don't know how to describe that kind it's of like, It looks like airport fashion. You're like, what is that? It's a lot of draping and strangeness. Okay. Before we do horny for, should we say the outfit that we hated the most on the whole show? Because I can oh, go God. first on that. Okay, please. Okay, real quick. 
Okay, when she wore long cargo shorts with ribbons and high you heels. You know I love that. I you know I love that one. I hate that outfit. <laughs> you know I I told you that's the one I tried to replicate. I actually went oh, out and bought that. It's so upsetting, Jamie. I know. Well, it's just true. Um, you don't have to think of one. That was just something I hated. Okay, well I love that you brought that up. Um, I will say. Oh God! There's so many I, good ones. It's much more good than bad. Much more. There's one where she's kind of dressed like kooky '80s. Maybe when the dry cleaners closed. I don't know. I was just kind of like, what? I don't know. Yeah, she's got I, a few weird '80s looking outfits. Yeah, those are not my favorite. Um, like fringe or something coming off of it. Final segment is I'm horny for. Um, Sex in the City is obviously a very horny show, so we end each episode by sharing what we are currently horny for. So something that uh, I've really been enjoying is Netflix Party Chrome, which is this app you download on your computer. And then you pick a movie, send it to a bunch of friends, and then you all watch the same uh, movie or TV show together on your computer. And then there's a, a chat window on the right and you like make jokes the whole time. So a blast. My, my friend chose uh, Pee Wee's Big Holiday, <gasps> which was made in Ooh. 2016 by Judd Apatow. Oh, and P- and oh my God. And I haven't watched Pee Wee Herman like in decades. And this movie was recent, but it was the gayest in the best way possible. It is the most queer fantasy. Pee Wee Herman is basically like obsessed with Joe Mangiello in the, sh- in the movie. Huh. And it's like his like butch biker fantasy, but like yeah. they don't, they're like best friends, but it's like such a gay whimsical love story. And it's so creative and it's so like, if you like art and like amazing visuals, it's just like so out of the box. So I would highly recommend uh, Pee Wee's Big Holiday and I would Netflix party chrome it so that you can like talk about it with friends. So that's my horny form. I am such a big Pee Wee fan. It was my favorite show when I was a kid. Um, and I'm obsessed with that guy who makes all the puppets. What's his name? Wayne. Oh, I don't know. Wayne White, Wayne Wright, Wayne, I don't know. They have a documentary about him and he's amazing. So yeah, a uh, big, big Pee Wee fan. Um, I'm horny for this book that I started reading. I was having trouble focusing for the first half of this uh, whole COVID fiasco. So I could not read, like I truly could just not, my attention would not stay on anything. Um, but I finally started being literate again and I am reading a book called this is how it always is by Lori Frankel. And it's about a family raising, um, a trans child and they really start from like when he was very little and kind of explain it. I am not sure, actually. I think it must be based on a true story. The way, I mean, if it's not, it's written so real. Mm. Um, it's excellent. Yeah. And it was like one of Reese Witherspoon's book club picks. And um, I've been kind of reading a couple books because I also am reading a book that Heather recommended called Educated. Oh, and I sort of was book. like, but it's on, my, it's on my phone. And I sometimes, I was going to buy it but I, so I need to like put my phone away. So I can leave it at your door and you can like Lysol it. I have it. Oh, great. That's what I'm going to do. Um, so yeah, but anyways, this is how it always is by Lori Frankel is excellent. If you need some, some reading at the time. Um, what about you, Heather? What are you horny for right now? Okay. I, can I say two things, please? I am horny for, I'm horny for educated by Tara Westover since you brought it up. I love that book. Mm. And I'm also horny for craniosacral therapy. And it sounds like a strange thing to say, but I am obsessed with craniosacral therapy. It is kind of like a massage, but of your nervous system. And it's just like the most profound, cool, I don't know, health treatment I've ever had. 
That's amazing. How does it feel during and after? It feels like almost like you're floating in a womb. Like when the woman, you have to kind of go to somebody good, you know, but it almost feels like you're floating, like all the tension in your body. Like I clench my jaw, for example. It's like you can feel like that you clench your jaw and you can feel it relax and you can feel how every part of your body is connected to every other part of your body. And you can feel that all your physical ailments are somewhat slightly caused by you tensing your body and that all you need to do is relax it. Wow. That's awesome. Oh, love that. That's Do people a great horny for that is really great, yeah. especially because I love learning new things. Do people generally, or do people go for like stress and anxiety or is it more like body pain? You can go for stress and anxiety. You can go for like chronic health issues. You can go for like anything, you know, emotional, mental, mental, physical, past yeah. trauma. Like it really helps release anything kind of negative in your system. Amazing. Mm. Thank you for that. That's so great. Thank you for being um, on our podcast, Heather. You Thank you awesome. so I felt much. Like I hung out with like two cool girls and a cool guy. Oh, yes. And Brett, you're cool too, even though we haven't been talking to you, but. <laughs> Brett's been silently Brett's supportive. Brett's cool too, Brett. Yes, yeah. give it up for Brett Boehm. I was thinking, just you said, oh, it feels like hanging out. And I have to say, I will always be grateful for Jamie for bringing me onto this pod because uh-huh. it is so fun and so wonderful. Yeah, you guys and- are fun. And th- these times it's like, man, just sitting and talking about sex in the city is like a vacation. I totally agree. I feel so grateful to have this podcast and Heather, thank you so much for being in this episode. We are really thrilled that you were able to. So thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You guys are wonderful. Thank you, Skylar. And thank you, Brett. And thank you. Agnes. Yeah. Thanks so much, Heather. And thanks. I know it went a little over. I appreciate you taking the extra time, HG. It was fun talking to you. Okay, good. I'm glad you had fun. Bye. Okay, good night, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chbwpod and follow my co-host Rose Cerno on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host Jamie at ReallyJamieLee on Instagram and at TheJamieLee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app if you're nasty. It helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. You're nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. And mastered by Anna Rubinova. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. (coughs) Pew! <coughs>